somewhere. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mental Health Today. It's your host, Ken, and uh, another beautiful day here. I am in Durango, uh, Colorado. I'm in that south, you know, south corner, uh, southwest corner of Colorado. I'm on my way down to New Mexico and then Arizona. Got a few cities ahead of me for the JAR podcast, which you just saw. And, you know, that was me kind of pontificating back then. What is going to be that common thread as I, as I travel across the country interviewing people? And as I've said on the show before, mental health was a real, you know, it was a real shocking discovery for me to see how many people struggling with mental health and, and, the, and their journey to find help, uh, to find out what was wrong, to find help, uh, and then to make a better way of it. And so many of those people also took that, that journey, that, that struggle with mental health, their own personal struggle, and turned it into a passion. And they've jumped full speed, both feet into the mental health space and trying to do good stuff with it. And, you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of guests. And that's why I started the JAR Foundation to see if I could, you know, find some money along the way and help those people who have got those dreams and are getting started. And so it's great today. I've got Sonia and Daniel Weiss, brother and sister, oddly enough, my first brother-sister uh, show, and uh, diff two different places, but they're here together. And, you know, the backstage stuff was interesting, hearing Sonia's story, which so matches the story I just talked about. So it's a real thing. You know, this is one of the spaces that I've seen, very few spaces where people have an experience and then they use that experience to jump into a place to make change. Sonia, Daniel, welcome to the Mental Health Today. Thanks for being guests, carving out time and uh, to share your story, to share uh, what you guys are doing in the mental health space. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Um, yeah. So maybe a, maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, I've got, I'll put up the, the little banner, but maybe a little background. What, what are you doing now? Tell the audience a little bit about who are you now? What are you doing in the mental health space? Um, what's going on in there? What, do you, what is the company all about? So it's a, a, a fund that invests in startups. And all the startups are doing mm -hmm. something new in the brain health or mental health space. Uh, we've invested in 20 different companies and some wow. of them are, are doing things in psychedelics. Uh, some of them are doing drug development outside the psychedelic world. Uh, some okay. of it is neuromodulation. Uh, brain mm. computer interfaces and something that we all like a lot is called, uh, called precision psychiatry. And then, and then also precision psychiatry. Okay. Yes. So you've invested in, how long have you been doing this? 22 companies is a lot. I mean, that's a lot of places to go meet and to ascertain whether or not you'd want to put your money with them. And if they're doing the right things, the team is, that's, I mean, that's a lot. You've, you've been busy. Yes, we have. Uh, we've been trying to meet 
all the startups are doing things in the space. Uh, a lot of the yeah. research institutes, uh, the researchers, uh, other okay. fellow investors, and also we fundraise at the okay. same time. So, so we're also speaking to people who want to give yeah. money to, to the mental health space. To mental health. Venture capital. Daniel, are people, I mean, it's kind of a, you know, I know in so many part industries where there's going to be investors and there's going to be a real hardcore investor where there isn't, there are metrics and ROIs and things to hit and they are looking to get money back. They're in this space because it's providing, you know, 8% per annum. I mean, mental health, are you seeing, are those the same investors coming over on the brain health, the mental health side, or are they do they have a little bit of a different DNA? So it's it's very risky. Not most our startups don't work. Yeah. yeah. So so it's a risky proposition. But I think mental health is really big. It affects probably every single person or every single family. And mm-hmm. for, for those who are able to innovate and have like a, some, a new solution, a new drug, a new way of mm-hmm. treating someone or diagnosing someone, I, I think there'll be returns. And hopefully those winners will compensate for the, the many losses that we hope yeah. we don't have any, but, but like the theory says, they'll be there. Sure, especially 22. And, 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 not everybody's going to make it. Yeah, and who's this investor? It, I mean, it's someone who is willing to take a bet, lose the money, but but it's someone very passionate about what we're doing. Okay. The needle uh, and you know, mm. to, to help people. But there's also a bucket of people who, like me, tried psychedelics and were like, "Oh, this is amazing! I want to invest in this." Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's great. a few like friends and family who's like, hey, I know you. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Combination of Sonia, what's going on? What are you what are you doing in this what are you doing in the company? So I think Daniel, it's a small fund, right? I think we we divide and conquer. Yes. Um, so I think we're, we're both involved, both in the fundraising as well as just reaching out to the general community. Um, and then Mm. running a due diligence in all the companies and really trying to understand where we think where companies are going to have are going to be like either first in class or best in class in in whatever they're mm-hmm. doing um and we we really like to evaluate not just the potential of the technology being developed um and the ease of use and and just the commercial viability of what it's going to do as well as the therapeutic impact um we also like to evaluate the management and whether or not we think the management ha- has the bandwidth, the the vision, and the skills to actually bring these um, companies, like actually develop the technology through to through to commercialization and and mm-hmm. actually get these things out to people. Um, hmm. Yeah, and that makes sense because I. You know, again, this is a place where there's a lot of people in this space that are here passionately, maybe not always business people first. I mean, a lot of the ones I've met were real business people first, but but there's also some that were not so business minded and 
but they're full of passion and quite often even good ideas. So, yeah, I think looking at the management part. Do you have any clients that are the great idea, a great visionary, but you're worried like they need a management team? I mean, you must have like every every package out there right now. Yeah, you know? so we've definitely evaluated companies that, I mean, we've invested perhaps in companies where the management was not the best thing at first and they've had to build it out. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. we've evaluated others where they maybe have an amazing drug or or something that's that's really going to be very impactful if it gets yes through, yes like through the FDA trials if it actually gets through reimbursement and all these things um, where we sadly decided not to invest because we didn't think the team had the capability. I, yeah. I think th these are very long processes. Like they take many years they're also very expensive processes so they they, they yes. really have to be able to navigate a lot of things fundraise a lot of like a lot of money um and really sell it's the very idea. complicated right yeah this uh, is complicated so we, yeah so that that is a big component right um we, we wish we could invest in all the great ideas unfortunately oh i'm sure yeah how yeah. do you invest in psychedelics i mean because that's is it going to be a, a different treatment with it, a different use case? Because there's no, I mean, it's natural, right? You can go pick them. You can't get a form. You, I don't think you can get a patent on the formula unless you do something to it, right? So how do you, how does it, how do you invest in a psychedelics company? So I think there's many ways. I it think it depends like? yeah. what you call a psychedelic company, right? I think if you're yeah, okay. on the actual whether it's psilocybin, like a GMP psilocybin, mm -hmm. or whether it's a mushroom or what that looks like, or whether it's um, a supporting or an enabling technology, such as an okay. uh, electronic health record or, or some sort of um, insurance writer or something like that. We, mm. WPSS, take more a look at um, more the FDA track of things. Um, so okay. there's going to be products like in places like Oregon or Colorado, there's definitely going to be companies growing mushrooms and just marketing and selling those out to, yeah, to, yeah. to their patients. Um, and I think that's an amazing. It's just a business model that we, it, it's similar to cannabis. It's like a cash model because it's not federally legal and it, it's a whole other ball game that as yeah. an investor, we don't want to get into. But we still yeah, I, I, that's why I was wondering. I'm like, that seems like a messy space to be in. Yeah, so it's it's something we we support like philosophically, but we're un, unfortunately unable to invest there. And then what we focus on is the companies that are developing, whether it's like first generation psychedelics such as psilocybin, or um, hmm. DMT or something like that, where what they're not you're, you're you can't patent psilocybin it's a naturally occurring molecule that's been yeah around. yeah yeah hoffman like synthesizing. Couple, a couple of years yeah but like you can get patents let's say around if you run studies let's say on the use of psilocybin for treatment resistant depression and you invested hundreds of millions of dollars into developing mm. that then you can get what you call a method of use patent or you can also get okay. patents around how you give this um so there's different ways to protect your investment, okay. but it's not yes. like, and then there's second and third generation psychedelics where they're actually innovating. Like they're basically in, inspired by psycho, psychedelics and the mechanisms of the action behind psychedelics, 
but they're actually new compounds being developed. And those do have uh, okay. uh, actual patenting on the molecule yes, itself. Yeah. And those, I would say, have a, are more outs outsized market because they have a monopoly over that like a company yeah. developing psilocybin will never be the sole provider of psilocybin and that's fine that's how it should be right like but they have they yes. can carve out a little piece of the market um that hopefully will provide some sort of return for the investors that invested very early on and took mm. on that very high risk and then the second and third generation there's like other types of risks it's like it's molecules that have never been in humans, so they maybe are toxic or not safe, and so they maybe not won't get to market, or maybe they're not effective. Um, mm. But if those do get developed all the way through, and are are shown to be both safe and effective, then the market on those is bigger. It's just a longer time frame, and it's a risk. There's like more clinical and, and more more uncertain. Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah more uncertain because so each one has its pros and cons. Yeah, and we tried to build like I mean, a balanced portfolio. Yeah. Okay, and then you've created a balanced portfolio for your investors. How many are there? Other firms like what you guys have put together? How many? How many people like you are there? Uh, you know, we haven't really met. I, I mean, there's a few others. There's some that just invest in psychedelics. There's a few others okay. that are in mental health space more broadly, but it's more on the tech side. Uh, okay. I, I yeah, think we're, yeah, there would be some tech. Yeah. To, that makes sense. But I think our, our unique combination, I, I think we, we are the only ones that I know of. Yeah. That are combining everything this way. Yeah, I search. I search a lot of firms or people to to interview, and I, this is the first time I've ever seen anything like what you've got set up. So, also, that's my own experience. I haven't. I haven't. I'm sure there's a couple, at least a few, but I haven't found them yet. Yeah. I haven't found them. Can you talk about your clients? You mean clients as in our company, the companies uh, invested or our investors? Yeah, companies. You're, yeah, sorry, people you've invested in, like your first, like what's your favorite, like this week? Who's your favorite? You know, startup. Who's kind of who gave you something news this week or something that you went, oh goodness gracious, we should tell our investors. So Daniel and I might have different opinions. I think we can both give. I, oh, I love it. Yeah, see who's uh, first. So I. Oh man, there's so many. It's like asking me to choose my favorite kid, right? It, people ask me all the time, who's your favorite interview? I've interviewed 300 people. I can't even remember all of them probably. You know, how can I pick a favorite? Uh, but I guess this week, I guess going to the second part of, I don't know if this is my favorite, but this week we got news from one of our- this week, That's what I said, this week. This week yeah. somebody's in, delighted you with a, with a message. Yeah, so we talked to one of our uh, precision psychiatry companies um, that basically, I'll give a brief overview. Like, yeah. Most mental health illnesses are now, uh, have historically been diagnosed based on a, a series of symptoms, but no biological markers. So what that means, yeah, and that's no, why right, some yeah. antidepressants work for some, like third of depressed people, but they won't work on everything else, uh, yeah. anybody else. Because even though the symptoms might be the same, what's actually happening inside the body might be different. So more and more, there's technologies that are trying to solve, and it's a very complex 
problem to solve just because the brain is so complex. But more and more, there are companies that are trying to solve this problem to better segment patients and be like, you are highly more likely to respond to this drug versus another patient who's more likely to respond uh, to a different drug. Um, And so this is an area we we're very passionate about because right now when you get diagnosed, some sort of, it becomes sort of like, um, you become a guinea pig where they try a few things yeah, out yeah. on what they work or they, they don't. And, yeah. and there's like, it's long time frame and there's a lot of side effects. And um, so we really want to improve the lives of people suffering from mental illness. And, and a good way to do it is to be able to do precision medicine or precision psychiatry and, mm. and actually get a very precise diagnostic and, and be, you are more likely to diagnose, uh, be respond to a drug, B drug, C drug, or no drug, and maybe like talk therapy or TMS or something else. Um, So we're invested in a company that's trying to, using AI, um, trying to analyze um, fMRI brain scans um, in a remote way. um, And in in doing so, um, help people um, do exactly this. and it's still very much research. Um, they're, they're trying to to validate whether or not their technology works or not. Um, and this week, they, they they told us they have five different agreements with academic institutions and companies where they're going to start piloting their technology and start trying to identify oh. different mechanisms of action. Get the clinical um, get the yeah, clinical so backup. Think, so I think they're going to ha- develop uh, just generating a lot of data to actually have a much deeper understanding of how the brain works and and, and, and what's happening within these disease areas. I think I've uh, interviewed that, them. called Serotype. Um, I don't know if you know them. Her, the, the CEO is Serotype. Dr. I think... Uh, Dr. Emily Stern, sorry. I think I've interviewed them. Not Not her, but I can't... But this is very familiar because what the concept was that, you know, you go to 500 therapists, one person might get 500 different drug recommendations because they all kind of have their bias and they start off with a certain formula and then they get you to the next one and next one. And then they kind of dial it in. Like you said, you're a little guinea piggish, but they were saying that this idea is that it uses AI to, to map who's, you know, the kind of person, the kind of diagnosis and then mapping what drugs finally worked and then bringing that, like you said, the research part. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah, I think that is like so logical. Yeah, it's yeah. got to work. So important, right? So important for people. It's so super important. Like, yeah, you if you can, if you can nail my drug dosage pretty closely with the first go, that's that's a big improvement for people. Yeah. Okay. All right, young man. What about you? What's what's your favorite? Uh, so, what's your favorite message you got this week from a darling, one of your dar, one of your twenty-two girlfriends? <laughs> uh, so, there's this idea: of, uh, psychedelics are probably the best antidepressant there is right now. And, and there's this discussion of, of what is it about the psychedelics that helps people with mm. their mental health. So there's two big ideas. Yeah. Uh, it, could be, it could be many of them. One of them is like when you are on a trip, you have this hallucination uh, and yes. you get some input from what you're thinking and that could have a therapeutic out of This out-of-body experience, yeah. Yeah. But then there's another theory that what's happening is that there's a window of a lot of neuroplasticity 
and that neuroplasticity is like a moment in time where you're able to change your brain a little bit in a way that keeps you away from like repetitive thinking. And mm. something really new in science is the idea that you could modify the psychedelics a little bit and take away the hallucination and just leave that neuroplastic window. Uh, so two oh, of our companies are developing Whoa. molecules, or actually three companies, but I spoke to, with one of them today uh, that, that are doing that. It's so, like CBD. I mean, the, you know, CBD. like CBD and marijuana. So THC gets you high, and the, the, it's the, the, the neurological, the brain part, the head part, and the CBD is the body part. Yeah, yeah so they exactly. Separated the idea the, of being separating. Yeah, they're breaking. I mean, they start breaking down the compounds, and and this does this. This part does this. This part does it. I didn't know you could do that for a mushroom. That is so, crazy. So it, it's, but this is theoretical, uh, at least. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the crazy scientists who are developing say it works this way, but but there haven't yes. been any results on on uh, human clinical trials. So I mean. Maybe later this year, maybe next year, the first ones will start coming and we'll know for sure if this actually works. So, so that could be very exciting. That's interesting. So then what happens when you take this? What's the so you're, you're going to remove the hallucinate the, the hallucinations, but you're going to keep this kind of thin wall in the brain between reality and like your subconscious? No, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's theory, but, but it's the theory is like some people yeah. after they take psychedelics, they feel like this afterglow, even though they're not tripping, yes. but they still feel that yeah. amazing. So maybe it's just that afterglow without the trip. Uh, but we'll see. Okay. I mean, it's if it works or not. I haven't tried it. I would like to. But yeah, that, I mean, that'd be interesting to try. Um, yeah, because there is a lot of body stuff that goes on. That's interesting. And if you remove the hallucinogenics part of it, huh? So have you heard well, me that they say that like you, like with synaptic tuning, like suddenly like you have very specific trains of thought and like they keep like carving, like like a sled going through the snow, like every time it keeps yeah, going. Yeah, right. Like, the bad, especially the bad yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean everything, but when you're in a depressed or anxious state, it's the bad stuff. Okay. And psychedelics break that up and just like create, yes. like allow you to create new pathways. So yes. this, what these drugs are doing is like breaking that up and allowing you to create these new pathways, but without without the side effect. Without, without that. Well, side I mean, effect I don't know if I would cut hallucination a side effect. It might be positive, thing, but without the hallucination. might be the main effect. Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> might be the main effect. Yeah, everything else might be accidental. Yeah, exactly. I I think it is, I mean, it's marvelous and wonderment to think that all these things are sitting here on Earth. Something like this that can actually repair the brain, uh, you know, is, is sitting here on Earth. I love the story of the, um, you know, the red and white mushroom? Yeah, Amanita I forget what you call that. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The whole story... The whole story of that, you know, being that the reindeers fly and, yeah. you know, the shamans <laughs> came down through the chimneys to deliver and Christmas is red and white because 
well, reindeers, when they eat, apparently when they eat mushrooms, they fly. What a fantastic story to find out that Christmas is actually a a story about mushrooms. (laughs) I mean, who the hell, like, what else would Santa Claus, you know, Reindeer flying and delivering presents. You'd have to be on that. Like, isn't most of the Bible like right? Like Moses talking to bush and the bush being God. Like I feel like you read the Bible and it's just a lot of hallucinations, right? <laughs> and then the and then we parted the Red Sea because of course you did. Sea, and then he got a message from God with the Ten Commandments and like I mean, that sounds. That sounds pretty. It sounds pretty. I've been to a few dead shows, and I swear to God, that stuff is real. Like, you know, I've been to Grateful Dead shows where we take mushrooms, and you know, for sure, I've seen a few religions started at a, at a Grateful Dead concert. It's yeah. <laughs> interesting. You're right, though. There is, and the way it's written is so clever. The only way you could do that is over many years passing the tradition, and and keeping on the mushrooms. Very interesting. How did you guys end up? I mean, let's come back to the personal journey, Sonia. What's your, you know, I think I I, I think I can I can share the part that you dragged your brother into it. And maybe <laughs> you can <laughs> and it seems like he's pretty happy with the destination. Um, how did it start for you? Um, yeah, so I used to suffer from depression. Probably most of my life it was mild depression, and then at some point it life happened and it aggravated and i went the typical mm. route therapy ssr they wanted to put me right. on ssris and the more i researched on ssris a little i didn't like what i was hearing and daniel and i i guess we had the fortune that our grandmother who we'd never met but who also suffered from depression um had done psychedelic assisted therapy with salvador rocket in mexico in the 70s um, so we knew about it. It was still a taboo. Like, even though that happened, it was still a taboo because of the war on drugs and everything. Yeah. But we knew about it. Um, and so when I was going through this journey, I decided to try um, psychedelics to treat my depression. And I mean, as all the stories go, they worked. They were amazing. And afterwards, I was a little obsessed with them. And it coincided with me moving to New York. So I would like go to any underground event, anything psychedelic related, just meet anybody doing anything in psychedelics, because I was just a little obsessed with what I had lived. Um, and yeah. this led oh, me to meeting powerful. a lot of like, yeah, they're, they're incredibly powerful experiences. Incredibly um, powerful. Yeah, and this led me to meet a lot of the people in this space. Um, including uh, meeting the uh, Thai founders and the Compass founders and, and, and Rick Doblin from MAPS and just a lot of people. And at some point, um, we were, I was offered the opportunity to invest in Compass when it was still a very early startup. And I went to Daniel and I was like, look at this. And he was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I tried psychedelics once in, in Amsterdam and it was the best day of my life. We, we have to do something like in this space. <laughs> <laughs> and... Oh, uh, and we, but he was like, but we have to come out of the closet to our family, right? Um, so we had the <laughs> brilliant come out of the closet. Of buying like uh, shroom mush- shroom chocolates um, and taking yeah. them to Yom Kippur uh, lunch and just distributing them to our whole family. And that's how we, um, yeah, we came out of the closet and we're like, we want to do this. this this thing where we want to have a piece of have a piece of chocolate 
yeah um so so that's sort of what happened and and yeah that's how we ended up where we are <laughs> that is why yeah, as I mentioned, so many people have got a personal a personal story. How close were you guys before this? I mean, why call your brother? Are you guys super close? Yeah. Or no, was this something you just knew that he would no, be like, oh, he's got my... Okay. Yeah, my brother's always okay. got my back. <laughs> I, I guess I no one else would have decided to like invest in something like that. As well. <laughs> yeah, she's also thinking. Yeah, she's like, who else is going to follow me down this crazy idea? <laughs> Call, call my bro. Yeah. That is so interesting. I this, the, like I said, the fact that you're you're doing the investment side of this is very interesting to me because that it, it's super risky. You've got these crazy, super passionate people that are in the space, usually for reasons of their own volition, right? They've been they've been pushed and they've been you know somehow recruited by the universe to be in the space, and. And they're in there and they're, yeah, it, it just feels like that. Everybody I talk to is really passionate about what they're doing and recognizes the crisis and is trying to do their best. And, and I just think it's amazing. I, that's the best hope. You know, this is a global thing. And I just, man, I just did an interview when I was, um, when I sent you the message, I had just finished an interview with somebody who's in a, you know, she's in a tough space. Last question for the show, or I asked her this question just because I had the, the vibe. It's asking her, do you love yourself? And, you know, this is a very confident woman. She's 53. She's got kids. I mean, the last thing you would expect someone is to stumble. And she really stumbled. And, you know, we turned off the mic. Um, she kind of told me, like, I couldn't say everything on here, but I'm in a relationship with somebody who's a narcissist. You know, he's been arrested or I'm trying to get out. I'm in a dangerous situation. And she's like, my mental health is at the worst it's ever been, you know, because of my own choices and now reflecting on my choices. And I got my kids involved. So my my self view is not good. And, you know, this is someone who's you know, trauma from childhood and everything else. Um, so it's tough, man, you know, to, to see and to really sit after I'd know, you know, I got to know her for an hour and a half on the interview, but this part never came out because she couldn't talk about it. Um, and you just think of all the people struggling in different situations, relationship, but the mental health part is the underlying, underlying tough part. Got a big crisis on our hands. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully big crisis. Hopefully we'll move that move the needle in, in a different direction. I think we I think we can. Like the people I'm meeting and the, the all the energy and the the solutions in the space, it's great. Why can't we just give everybody a few mushrooms and you know I think that would sort a lot of people out. <laughs> I think the CIA had a good idea. Just give it to everybody. They don't even have to know what's happening. Tell them <laughs> later. Yeah. Definitely. I Maybe mean, setting is not. definitely important in harm reduction. I mean, I, I do think we <laughs> want it, like, not for everybody. I think some people have transcendental trips and don't need anything, but set and setting yes. are definitely important. In, 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 in Absolutely. I, um, I kind of crack up with that, too, because I did interview somebody who's in the space doing the the trips, kind of like a tour. I call them like a tourist tour guide. You know, they're, they're helping people set up the intention, meet with and have a psych, a therapist there during the trip. And they're doing heavy doses to get that therapy. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but yeah, when I was 16, we put mushrooms on a pizza and then went to a party. That was, that was our, <laughs> our, 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 I still remember that one frozen pizza, sprinkle the bag of mushrooms on there. We all ate a few slices. He might've got three grams. I might've got two. Not really sure. Everybody had a great time. Somebody might've got naked, you know, like stuff happened. But I'm okay. I think, and I'm lucky as a young kid, I was exposed to psilocybin, um, different forms, acid, mushrooms, and very casual with no intent, you know, no intention, but to have a good time. Um, but it definitely did give me, I think, an awareness, um, probably healed my brain a bit from some childhood, you know, traumas, um, you know, even probably, um, you know, injuries to my brain, playing football and everything else probably helped me out a bit. I'm sure it repaired some damage, but it definitely helped give me the tools. It gives you that awareness and that, that there's something more out there, that it's not just what you physically see and touch. Life in the universe is, is more than, than what, we, what we see and feel. Um, you're on the right, you're on a great path. I really love what you guys are doing. Thank you. Likewise. Yeah. How about any closing thoughts? I mean, we're kind of at the end and um, just, I usually kind of leave an opportunity for you guys to, you know, you have a message or just, uh, you know, just a shout out how to, how to get involved and how to find you guys. I got the band, put the banner back up. Um, you know, if you're listening on the on on a audio podcast, it's wpss.bio, and you can find out a lot more about the firm. The website's pretty cool. I did go, I checked that out. It looks great. So, any? How about some closing thoughts? Any messages? How they find you? How to help? Um, all that good stuff. So, I guess if if you're interested in learning more, reach out through the webpage. You can like there's links to our LinkedIn, so you can find us there and. Okay. Do, We'll answer those questions. Um, yeah, and I mean, we're always interested in, in in meeting people with interesting ideas, wanting to change, make change, and and actually help um, improve the quality of people's lives. So, always happy to talk to anybody. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, I'll uh, you know when you guys are when you got another around when you got another bag of uh, investment funds, uh, send me a note and I'll and I'll. I'll poke back through my interviewees because I've got about 70 interviews done already. And there's okay. probably a few in there. You haven't, yeah, probably a few in there. You haven't met yet. Awesome. Yeah. We'd love to, we'd love to, love to talk to you. Daniel, anything, any kind of parting thoughts? No, I mean, it's mental health is something that should concern everyone. And there's mm -hmm. many ways to get involved. Uh, you can yeah. do it as we're doing it in the private way, but, but there's a lot of like also uh, foundations and NGOs and which we've also yeah, participated a little bit. And also like if you want to reach out and learn about those, we would also be like happy to, to, to put this in the right direction. Oh, that's great. That's great. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Sonia, for being guests. Really interesting. Uh, like I said, love what you're doing, and I, I love where you're coming from on it too. The, such a holistic approach. Gonna follow your story. <clears throat> Gonna Thank follow you. the story, and and I'm sure we'll come. You know, I'm sure I'll come across some of your clients. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you at, at one point and kind of poke you for some intros to some of your other. Be good to get your to get your the companies you're invested in. Get them on here to yeah. uh, kind of share what they're doing. Definitely. Yeah, that's a great great spot. 
So hang around a bit, and I'm going to run in one more commercial, and we'll just, just chit-chat a little bit on the backside. Um, it's a good reminder. Thanks, everybody, for listening and supporting the, the Mental Health Today show. Also, we're looking for sponsors to keep this going, um, you know, to do a little more, more advertising for it so more people can kind of find out, again, what are people doing in the space to kind of help stop the mental health crisis? Thanks again, Daniel. Thanks again, Sonia. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This show will be aired uh, on the audio platforms in about two weeks. So we'll have that as well. And it's also live on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook now. Thanks, guys. Hang around. I'll be back in 30 seconds. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.